Microphone check, 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 Welcome to the podcast. This is how it's going to start. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Welcome to Live to Tape with Johnny Pemberton. This is the beginning of the show, also known as the Executive Buffet Home garage of daddy's big red truck where the hands remain on the branches at all times thank you for listening thank you for being here thank you for checking in tuning in a sucking up sliding by passing in maybe passing through dropping off picking up letting go uh slinging a shot um doing a side shot possibly maybe a nestle side shot with a hot pocket nestle Infusion from bankofamerica.net, okay? I'm fading this out. Nah, the music's fading out. It's just going to be my voice here on Live to Tap on WXZFM DJ 6.589 in the afternoon morning brunch drive time for you here on the only place where that Executive Buffet exists, hands fully on the branch, wrapped around the shaft of the wood. That is a piece of branch wood, not anything else you'd think it is. (laughs) If you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash live to tape. There's multiple areas of engagement on that website for you and yours and your family to support, engage, enjoy, and flow. Uh, There's also a lot of large crows landing uh, above us and some of them swooping above your head so you hear the sound that the air makes as it wraps around their their rings. I meant to say wings, but I said rings. I don't know why crows don't wear rings unless they have one on their their leg like to count them, but I don't think we're, we're not counting, we're not counting crows. I actually did just say the word Counting Crows without realizing that it was the name of the band, Counting Crows. So uh, here we go. A quick word from our sponsor, and then we'll get started with the podcast. Live to Tape is brought to you by Carnival Cruise Lines. Carnival, get out there. Go, live, do. Find the things that you want to do and do them all aboard our massive Princess Carnival Cruise Lines mega ship golf courses, water slides, a full production dairy, the the hands-on experience petting zoo, and zip lines, as well as a simulated forest dance situation. Comedians, musicians, buffets, it's all there. Carnival Cruise Lines, the executive buffet edition, departing this fall from Antigua, Lamani, and Jamaica. Carnival, it's where you want to go, what you want to do, where you want to do it, and why you want to be there, only on Carnival Cruise Lines Executive Buffet Edition. Bring your mom, bring your dad, bring your kids, and as always, keep your hands on the branch here on the Executive Buffet Carnival Cruise Lines. It's your life, baby. Go out there, live it, do it, find it, be it Carnival. Wow, outstanding message from my... Okay, is it done? Hello? 
It's uh, that, that was it. Uh, please make sure to check out our sponsor's website. I'm not sure what it is, but I'm sure you can figure it out. Now, please enjoy this wonderful, I believe to be a pre-pandemic podcast with the outstandingly hilarious, amazingly interesting and effervescent Mark. and full of outstanding, did I say outstanding twice? Full of great taste, Fiber. Nina Tarr. Questions with the lights. The tone was gentle. You can read the labels on those little uh, faders, and you can uh, you can uh, m- m- articulate it. Articulate? <laughs> I was gonna say move and articulate, but I think I said articulate. That, that's a great word. That's a really good made-up word. Let me get some good music to start with. So this is one of my favorite songs. We'll get started with here. <laughs> I don't know if you heard this one before. You heard this before? This is one of my favorite tracks. I'm not sure. Yeah, this is one of my big-time favorite tracks. It's really beautiful. Big in the charts, uh, all over the place. Ready to go. It's about to drop in. When it drops in, you're gonna know. When it drops in, you're gonna be like, oh, that track, yes. Yeah, you recognize this, right? Poolside. Poolside, MGM Grand. Saturday afternoon. Drink specials. Today, my guest is Nina Tarr. DJ, comedian, bomb vivant, world traveler, Vegas entrepreneur, and uh, not just entrepreneur, but uh, what do you call when someone's really into something, they know a lot about it, um, uh, connoisseur, you're a Vegas connoisseur. Vegas Yeah, you're big into Vegas, right? Um, Yeah, I mean, I've... I've been. Yeah. I do have a vibe that screams Vegas <laughs> for people that don't know me. I'm I know very, you're not into Vegas. I'm bombastic. You're bombastic. You know what? I use that word all the time. Really? It's shocking. I do, but I use it wrong. Do you know what it means? I thought I, I used it pro- Can I say what it means? Yeah. You can actually tell me what it means. Well, I still use I it wrong because I like the word so much. What do you think it means? I think it means to be like... Uh, kind of extreme in some right. way and yeah. very like loud and cataclysmic totally. and just like boom I'm bombastic best. yeah exactly how the word sounds right 100 percent sounds it is not what it means <laughs> What's, what it, it means mean? like someone who's like a loud mouth kind of like uh full of hot air oh that makes sense too. yeah i would assume I, I i think it does let me look it up again because i'm i was afraid you're gonna tell me that it was like the actual antithesis of what we initially thought which i fucking hate when that happens pompous blustering ranting mm. blathering verbose are simon synonyms Subnims. those are synonyms <laughs> those are synonyms isn't that unfortunate though because i will i always want to use that word as a compliment calling someone so bombastic. bombastic yeah he came and just did a bombastic <laughs> performance and it's like oh oh it actually means you're referring to donald trump yeah <laughs> it's like a very yeah. He's very bombastic. Also, the word a word that I have difficulty with, ancillary. Ancillary. What do you think it means? Because I'll tell you, it's it kind of fucks me up a little bit. Okay, and, I'm, well, and I'm, there's a lot of debate going on, on well, online. About there is. This. Yes, I there always is. use it because I think I learned about the word ancillary when I learned about how George Lucas is rich because he got that's a pe- pen and paper. If you want to do any jotting or anything. <laughs> Some people like Thank to jot. You. <laughs> okay. You know, some people have like, no short-term memory. It's like I gotta write it down. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think I learned about it because George Lucas has the ancillary rights to the Star Wars franchise. Okay. And he gave that up in the deal because they didn't believe in the movie. But he's like, okay, well, if you won't give me this, I want the ancillary rights to everything. Like, yeah, sure, fine. You have you want the ancillary rights to something that's not going to do anything, and that's why he's rich is because he anytime someone buys a Star Wars toy. Or anything like that. That's a franchise thing. He gets 
a yeah. huge percentage of that money. Okay, well, so what is your definition? You haven't really, you've given, yeah, you've you're used right. it in a I sentence. You didn't okay, use I think ancillary means like, uh, honestly, I don't know. I guess maybe after the, f- after yeah. something, like a. Uh, no. Okay, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> Tell okay. me. So here's the thing that's really absur- uh, okay. upsetting about this. The online community is a blaze. Okay. okay. I'm going to give you something so you can say this in a cool oh. way. Okay. So basically, <laughs> <laughs> ancillary, I, I always thought it, it meant uh, necessary for an operation to occur. So it's ancillary. Like, yeah, you're ancillary to this. Uh, like from the from the guy who's the the, pump, the captain of the ship. Right, you're, you're an ancillary, ancillary member. Yes, but I have discovered that there is uh, some debate and and almost the opposite. And I'm I don't know how I feel about this, but I'll read you a different uh, definition of it. Do you want some background music to read it? Oh yeah. Okay, here we go. Ready? Okay. Definition of ancillary by Nina Tarr. Adjective, providing necessary support to the primary activities or operations of every organization, institution, industry, system. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, right? That's like, I'm like, okay, that makes sense, right? Then, fucking looked at it, and it meant the opposite of it on Webster's Dictionary. What's it mean? Of lower or secondary class or rank suborb- subordinate, um... Yeah, so not necessary. Right. What the fuck? So it's sort of like a, it's like the backup. Yeah, I don't know. Is it the backup or is it is it it's round instrumental two. to the operation? It says I, both definitions. I think it's not instrumental. I think it's sort of like round okay, two. Okay, look at this is the, that's up there. Yeah. Necessary. And then not necessary. Okay, hold on a second. Okay. Give me a record scratch. This is. Okay, I'm. How did am, you get into this? I don't know because I looked up the word. How did I know, you this, get into this sorry, word? So is this much? so fucking boring for everybody? Right? No, it's now? not. There's actually nothing you can do on a podcast that's boring anymore because every podcast is boring. Well, because every podcast, other than the ones I'm involved with, are so boring, <laughs> and the bar is so low, right? That we've already we've already jumped over the bar. We've already jumped over the bar. People that are bad at public speaking are like, I should get a podcast. There I'm you like, go. You don't even say interesting things in conversation. Even to your parents. Why the fuck would you think that anybody would want to just sit and listen to you fucking babble on? Yet they do. Ugh. They do, and to great success. A Why? Lot of times. How? A lot of times. We don't. I mean, it's. I would say it's, it's probably individualized and it's probably an ancillary People thing. People think I would say. they're so <laughs> important and ancillary to everybody's <laughs> listening behavior. You're so fucking ancillary, bro. You don't even know why you're in this club. Honestly, I love the idea of misusing words all the time. Just like, yeah, dude. I, do, I mean, I, do too, I mean, actually. dude. You fucking. I like you, but you think you're so conceited. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you think you're so ancillary to the situation, but honestly, what was the word I was saying earlier? I would bombastically oh, like to approach the situation and just uh, extend an olive branch, an olive tree. Fucking, fucking Don came in. Uh, fucking <laughs> Donnie came in here and he was so bombastic with my mom there. I I don't appreciate him being bombastic with my mom being around. It's like, what do you think that means? Like he he was. You could see part of his penis. <laughs> yeah, bombastic. He bombastic my mother. Yes. And, yeah, my mom does. Wasn't look even young. the tip of his penis; the base of his dick was out, which the was base. the weird. That's it was like a flash. She base. didn't even know what it was. She thought it was dick. Ken alone. <laughs> she thought it was Ken alone, probably. 
little bit of cantaloupe, pasta some uh, pasta for jewel. <laughs> pasta for jewel. Okay. Yeah. Well, ancillary. That's there. You go. Fucking have fun with it. Who knows we're what already, it means? We're fun with the world is uh, the world is a trap. It's a lie, and ancillary means the opposite of what it actually means. <sighs> so you don't know how you got into it? How you got? Into I ancillary? read. I think I. I don't know. Hey, not you to brag. It? I read. So right. I do read books, and I saw that word. And I was like, huh. A lot of times, like when you're reading, you brush up on something. You're like. I don't think I actually know the definition of this. And like, mm-hmm. let me, so I just like look up words all the time really? so I can properly use them. Yeah. I just feel like, you know, Hey, language, it's limiting. I might love as it. Well, might as well get the best I can, um, kind of as I'm like, language is important and I don't know how to use it. Um, but I don't know. I just feel right. like it's, it's cool to know what words mean so you can use them properly. So I look yeah. that up and then I was like, cool, I'm satisfied with this definition, meaning that it's like number one. Hell yeah. Okay. Then got I was, trap. I got caught, dude. Some Ooh. motherfucker, some dude, of course, was trying, was being like, uh, <laughs> use the word. And where I was like, you, yo, you aren't you it, trying you to fuck me? What are you <laughs> doing, dude? I hate when guys, I'm like, you're trying to have sex with me. And you're yeah, like, but- actually, that's not the problem. <laughs> well, that's, didn't you know that's how you have sex with girls? You, you teach them words they don't know. <laughs> It's, it's universally considered one of the greatest turn-ons ever is to when a woman's body... Yeah. No, it's it's real. This is a real thing. This is a real something. That's a bombastic technique I used to do is where I meet a girl and I tell her a word. She's like, what's that mean? And I go, are you ready? And it just it's like a connection to the the female brain has a yes. special word connection. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like hey, and when they let's learn, get out of here. <laughs> let's get out of here and I can teach you a little something. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Thanks uh, for letting me know what that word means. Let's get out of here. Do you here. ever say let's get out of here or do you let, wait for someone else to I say, have never said, I don't know. I guess I have, whatever. Well, how about I this? made that such a declarative, I have never said let's get out of what here. What about, do you want to get out of here? <laughs> Ooh, casual. Do That's you want to, not let's, let's, aggressive. What am I, Harvey Weinstein? Yeah. Let's, let's get, get out of here. here. Oh my God, what's happening? Let's Is there get a out of fire here. emergency? I'm horny. That would be cool if Harvey Weinstein used to set, literally set fires. <laughs> Like he would set a fire. <laughs> That'd be cool, Johnny says. <laughs> if, that would be cool if not only he was a horrific sexual assault he was, rapist. He was a fire but he, he was oh, an arsonist. arsonist. <laughs> but he would do it. That's how we get people to go to his hotel room. It's like, oh, I've, I've got a ladder. There's a fire in the lobby. Oh. I was thinking that's how he burns the evidence. Like yeah, he, he like he like rapes somebody in a hotel and then he burns down the hotel and it's like you're not gonna find semen anywhere. Get in the shower. <laughs> Get in the shower. There's a fire. It's like jumping into the lake. Yeah, he's like a, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm know. sorry. Did we just stop, drop, and roll? You were on fire. <laughs> it's like I'm. I never. I've, I don't think I've said let's get out of mm-hmm. here as like being the. I'm a sitting duck. I'm a, like a sitting hen. I don't. Uh, okay, so I don't make moves. Other end, you like to be. Um, cool, because well, you're a DJ. Yeah. So that's that's a very high profile thing. You probably have a lot of people. Because I feel like DJing comedy, it's very similar, but it's also very different. There's a lot of similarities right. to it, I find, that are more... I don't know. I think it's more similar than not, but I think that I've also cultivated this thought process in which has made it conducive to my like living, where it's like, yeah, these are both the same for me. Yeah. And so I've kind of like done some mental gymnastics to make them very similar. Right. But I think, I will say this, I think they both require you reading a room. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Res- and responding simultaneous to people's uh, energy output and being really, um, I don't know, I guess being like really receptive, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think it's definitely a thing. I mean, you got to be emotionally porous. Yeah, you kind of feel things out. Because there's someone, yeah. 
I mean, I hate to to quote this person of all people, but I remember Adolf Hitler once said, "Yeah, (laughs) Bill Maher." Oh, yeah. But but he's He's been in stand up forever. Yeah, he was talking about how because there's people who say you have to be have to have thick skin to be a comic, and he's like, "No, it's the opposite. You have to be really sensitive to be a comedian because you have to be able to like you know." Unfeel things, and but you don't you think it's a little both though? I think that there's a lot of yeah. um, oxymorons that happen in the stand-up world where right. it's like you have to be sensitive, but you have to be um, resilient. I think right, you, that's, have to be, you open have to, to be able to be changed, but also being okay with getting fucking run over by a truck. Yeah, you. I mean, I think the best comics like put themselves on stage like an exposed nerve, you know, yeah. and you just have to be like, oh, okay, but you have to know that when you get knocked down, you're like, that's fine, I can recover from this. And, and in real time, not next show, that mm-hmm. show, that moment, that second, that minute. Yeah, just keep moving. Yes, exactly. Um, but I think, I don't know, I think that the sensitivity aspect is definitely there. There's been a lot of... Because I've heard that, have you heard that comics are both... Uh, um, Empaths ext- and psychopaths? No. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, not far off. Yeah. But um, they're both, uh, oh God, extroverted and introverted that simultaneously. Well, there's a lot of people who I know who are very introverted, but and you would think it's a, a contradictory going on stage, but how, I think I explained it to someone being like, oh, it's not that way because when you're on stage you're kind of facing no one because you're just facing this mass of people. Love lights, so you yeah. you don't really feel like you're, you're not you don't interacting feel directly. Yeah. You're giving a speech, essentially, sometimes. Totally. But there's also like, I I derive energy from people, I feel yeah. like. And like, so me I think too, a lot time. of comics, but that's a definition of being extroverted. Is that it? You get. Yeah, but then, because okay. I don't think I'm shy, but also I fucking... Do you know what gets my dick so hard? Being alone. I love being alone. It is uh, so nice. So I love, I like crave being alone. Really? I dig it super hardcore, but that might be symptomatic to growing up. Like I'm an only child, so like that makes more sense to be alone. See, I'm not, but you like being around people? I really do, actually. I find sometimes I find I go crazy if I'm not around people. I, I find like I have to be. I feel like I'm around people all the goddamn time. And so then I'm like, just give me some basic quiet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel two ways about it. Cause there's also the idea of that. I mean, think about like the primitive way we've developed is there's a lot of pe- people who talk about how, uh, when humans were like for, for thousands and thousands of years, if you were a human being, you were never alone. Totally. You were never, ever alone. And also like in that book, Sapiens, did you read that? Uh, yeah, I really read, read most of it. Fucking amazing. But I love the uh, the part of it where it's like language was developed not to communicate in terms of like these utilitarian things we'd think like, like here, here's how you build this. Four like, berries. Yeah. <laughs> Three dogs. Dogs. One river. <laughs> but I think that, but, but like I would think that like it was oh, to warn people, you know, it's like, hey, there's a uh, jaguar coming. Yeah. Get out of the way. But language was developed because uh, by human beings for gossip. That's like to, for us yeah. to become closer with one another because that's actually how we evolved to be like human beings. Totally. Which yeah. is so fascinating. I was even thinking about that yesterday because I hadn't recorded a podcast in a little bit. And I was like, I feel like podcasting in this weird sense is kind of like a, an old, it harkens back to a different time because... I mean, obviously I have a computer right here and I can look stuff up and stuff, but essentially we're not like, we're not using the computer other than just a, 
a few little things here and there. But mm -hmm. basically, we have to talk and like interface in a way that's you probably wouldn't do otherwise because you know if you're recording something you have to you you can't stop we can't just stop and be like oh, okay so and chill um, and like yeah yeah there's also this like schrodinger's cat effect where it's like an object being watched is going to behave different so we know right. that this is, people are going to listen to this or you know they're going to listen to it and therefore like we're both trying to be as smart and charming yeah, as possible all that stuff. and so you're really just like which is know. i think it's a good thing because it's sort of like you're it's forcing you to kind of work to the top of your intelligence or yes be, but the, it, be the best you can be but it's also this like um kind of like false intimacy in a way because yeah. that's the thing when, whenever I record a podcast it's like it is so intimate you're like with somebody in a room and you're looking each other in the eyes and you're talking in this quiet room and then you don't realize that people are going to be like <laughs> listening to this while like on the fucking treadmill yeah. you know and like that's such a weird about eating? aspect eating it's probably people are eating sickos. right now if you're eating right now please email the podcast live to tape podcast at gmail.com let me know what you're eating let's no, let's figure it out yeah let's, let's figure guess out what, what you're, you're eating. eating i'm eating <laughs> i'm eating so much food with my dad on a sunday can't talk and you cannot. <laughs> yeah, I hope that's the case. Actually, these are really great sound bites. These are. This Where is do you called. Get these? Well, I got something called YouTube. Oh, um, this is epic, suspenseful action music, original film soundtrack. So, thematic. are you typing in these search results and trying to find it, or are these recommended? To these you? are recommended to me. Okay. Yeah, they okay. know. They know what I want. Yeah. They know yeah. I want are these stuff on the like side this. of the YouTube? <laughs> Welcome to Vegas. I was gonna. I think this is more like the Nokia Samsung available now. Nokia Samsung, the Peter phone with many bullets. You can't carry a gun unless it's your phone, honey. Brought to you by Ludacris, Little John, Papa John's Pizza. This is a really fun one. I feel like I could say so much in this. Shakira and J Lo present the Nokia Square Box. For when you don't need a phone, but you need a phone. Yeah. Miami, the city of Miami, the teams up with the city of New York to bring you Miami and New York together at, again finally. at last, at once, finally. Finally, Miami and New York team up. Two East Coast cities, the hottest nightclubs in town, brought to you by Heineken and Stella Artois, reminding you to drink responsibly and have a great night with your friends. Friends are made, not born. Stella. Oh, my God. Also brought to you by Sundance Film Festival. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet presents a Moa and Shandon production of Nokia. Nokia Flatiron Building, downtown 7th Avenue, featuring Timothy Chalamet and Chloe Grace Moretz. And a new picture by Sam Badowski. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but... Honestly, everything you're saying is very convincing. Trinidad and Tobago. real things. <laughs> Trinidad and Tobago <laughs> and Spearmint Yachts. Spirit know. Airlines presents... Spirit Airlines. <laughs> I'd like for Spirit Airlines to do a, uh, a concert. That would be great. Wouldn't that be cool? Who would it be? Oh, man. Kenny Chesney. Kenny now, that's Chesney? That's the first word that came to mind. Here's what Kenny Chesney says. I ain't fucking playing that low ramp fucking bullshit airline. <laughs> you know how rich Kenny Chesney is? Oh, okay. Kenny Chesney is so fucking rich. Really? He's like private plane for the past 
10, 15 years rich. I thought, Kenny Chesney, I just assume that he's like a, he sells Omaha steaks on late night TV at this point in really? his career. I think that I guy. I don't know, dude. Those, some of those country dudes are just I so forget. bang, ball yeah. and hard. I know, you're money. so right, dude. I forget about the whole country like scene, how that's like oh a fucking God, thing. Yeah. That, because we haven't even grazed the surface of that. Like I've never even lived anywhere close to anywhere that country is relevant. Well, cause where'd you grow up? Fucking Orange County. Right, okay, though. yeah. Come Orange on County. now, right. Yeah, dude, 311, sublime. I'm talking the classics. Gwen Stefani. I'm talking No Doubt OG. Yes. Okay? Talking uh, back when Gwen, Gwen was all natural. Uh, Rage Against the Machine. They're Southern California. They're from Irvine, my dude. Oh no wonder That's they're so we pissed high off. Yeah, because Irvine is kind of Republican, isn't it? It's Orange County's all Republican, right? It's and a Irvine's red dot like, in a blue state. It's like obverse Austin, Texas. Yeah. It's so bizarre. But you gotta say, you know what? It's pretty nice. But you know what? If you like guys that wear shorts at bars, <laughs> then you should go to Orange County. Shorts at bars? Ugh. Or just shorts? Just, just shorts, big shorts. Big <laughs> white shorts <laughs> with long flip-flops where there's so much, like a oh. three-inch back spring Shut on the up, flop. that's so gross. <laughs> yes. And you're gross. like, why is the flip-flop so long as your foot, like stretching out the thong of the yeah. flop and then so your are your toes then touching the ground in the front trump and, <laughs> yeah trump trump baby that's a good honestly if instead of saying like um like an epithet at somebody says saying fuck you if somebody cuts you off just say trump just trump! yell that it's so funny i saw a kid in the airport like a little this was in utah i think and uh, this kid, probably like 10 years old maybe 12 you know you know when boys are kind of real skinny but not that tall Mm. There's a that's sort of a skinny prey for scrawny. Yeah, scrawny. <laughs> he had on some white, dirty white Crocs. You know how Crocs have that thing where you can customize, you can put little like little things in the holes, little, yeah. like, little jewels. Put, yeah, you're like, oh, let's put uh, the characters from Frozen exactly. on my... And Crocs, which <laughs> yeah. sounds, actually sounds pretty good. Are you a Frozen person? That you sounds are, right? good. Yeah, you, I don't know. In Frozen. what way? If you I like, have to investigate you. If I feel you like, like you just Frozen. Said, I feel like, you know when someone just says like, yeah, 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 sounds good. What? But it was just like a response to nothing. That's what felt you're like, that sounds good. I'm, I'm about like, to tell you, you why. really think Because that? this kid had the words, the letters T-R-U-M-P on his Crocs. That for you folks out there, that says Trump. Trump on his Crocs. I tried to take a picture of oh, them. But I, his dad, I think his daddy was a, was a Trump supporter. It just was like one of the saddest, also the funniest thing I've seen in a long time. Like dirty Crocs with the Trump, bedazzled with Trump. That is. With Trump Crocs. That is the, that should be the new American flag. Yeah. That is <laughs> the most American Trump. thing I've, yeah, just <laughs> like dirty white Dirty flag. white Crocs. Yeah, dirty white Crocs Trump. with Trump on it. You'd be like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. But that felt, that's almost felt a little Orange County to me, maybe. Maybe Orange County. The word this is. The, I actually just went there a few days ago to see my mom, mm -hmm. and I was thinking about her and I were talking about it because she also hates Orange County too. Which but is she stays there. Cool. She's older. She lives there. I don't know. It's yeah, fine. I get it. I mean, it's what like, are you gonna do? I don't think it's that. I don't mind it. I've been there a couple times. It's fine. It's kind of nice. It's kind of nice. It's beautiful. Yeah. I will say that it's gorgeous. It's very clean. It's clean. It's pretty. Uh, good restaurants. Um, you get a good quesadilla there at a restaurant, I, probably. I, I, they don't have great restaurants, actually. Not great. Good. 
Okay. Yeah, they have they have they have solid. It's like big like uh, LAX food energy down there where yeah. you're just all like, oh, is this lemonade? Is this supposed to be lemonade? Hot? Yes. Yeah, they have is a this very supposed to be hot. <laughs> like the dish you're having, you don't know if it's supposed to be hot or yeah, cold. Yeah, you're like, oh, is this? Is this? <laughs> I feel like that's lemonade's tagline. Yeah. Is this supposed to be hot? God, that place is such a grift. It's not good. It's like mu- everything's mushy. I thought it was so good for so long. Oh, I thought it was good up top because of the this was like the first like indie yes. branding where it's like ooh one word ooh lemonade like yellow and white tiles and it looks so clean and they Pick probably your portion s- yeah and then they'd be like ooh oh do you want brussels sprouts with a mustard green oh. and um like crushed walnuts and you're like oh wow that sounds amazing actually That's and then what i would do at home uh, yeah if I, if I could i, I think would, i yeah. could i at the time i'm so busy all the time you know because i'm a professional and you go to to lemonade, and then they 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 basically catfish you yeah. with like all of the food, where it's all like um, dill, lemon, capered salmon, and you're like, oh, okay, and then you get a gray slab, yeah, of like the cost with, with an, way too much too. Yeah, what the fuck is that? Or they have the, have the braises. Oh, braise. A miso short rib braise. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Give right. Me miso short rib braise. I don't fucking believe that you can even do that. Yeah. I don't believe, like, let's see it. Fine. I just want to challenge them. Be like, you think you can do that? Let's fucking see it. Your miso, your shit ass miso short rib braise. But it's doing great in Orange County. Orange County. Uh, here's the thing about it that's like, and and we don't have to talk about it that long because it's not a fun yeah, place. We don't but have to. <laughs> but the thing that sucks about it the most is that it's filled with people that are like simultaneously arrogant and uh, ignorant, and that yeah. like apex, that like double helix of like effect that is in everybody is so shitty because they're like, I'm in Orange County, I'm the queen, and then they're like, I also don't think gay people are real, and you're like, what? <laughs> The fuck get out of here. It's very Isn't like, there a name for that? There's a name for that phenomenon where you uh people who are really good at something don't know I've talked about this so many times, you think I know the fucking name of it, but I think it's called it's called the Dunning Kruger effect. Ooh. Where you, people who really Hello. know about something. Dunning Kruger. Let's say I was a effect. concert pianist, right? Sure. And you were like, Oh Johnny, you're so good at piano. I'm like, I'm not I'm not that great. Because I know so much about it that I know how that great I'm, you could be. Because I've seen like, oh, I'm not Glenn Gould. He's like the best. Yes, I'm not Eric Satie. Yeah, yeah, I sort of you feel like that. But people who don't know, like, see, I'm the fucking best guitar player ever, dude. That is such a that yeah. is an I've never heard that um, kind of qualified in that way. And it's yeah. uh, that's a really interesting phenomenon. And I totally know what you mean. It's like the less you know about something, the more you think you have a handle on it, and the more that you know about something, the more that you become kind of um, dwarfed by like your uneducation about yeah. something. And it's basically the Cardi B phenomenon, I would say. Ooh, what is, what is that? I feel like Cardi B is very successful because I feel like she's never really thought about what she's doing. She just fucking goes balls to the wall, does it. And she's good at it because she's so committed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's sort of a, it's sort of like a, Maybe it's an ancillary. Um, no, yeah, <laughs> I'd say it's bombastic. It's a, for me personally. It's a uh, side. What do you call it? Like a uh, when something's like corollary. Maybe no. It's to the side. It's like a side shot. <laughs> okay, it's a side shot. Sure. Of that. Yeah. Sure. But that's why. Because you know, I always think like, oh man, what if I was like Cardi B? What if I was just like, 
You what know. if Johnny Pemberton was, was like, like Cardi B? B? Which is a question I've thought about multiple. I'm so glad you brought that. Be a different. Life. I was gonna bring. I had questions for you. Okay. <laughs> I was Go gonna for be it. like. Yeah, I was gonna be like. What, what do you have to say about how everyone says Johnny Pemberton is exactly like Cardi B? Well, I have to say this. <laughs> uh, I, I've tried to be like by Johnson her, just, and Johnson. Johnson and Bronson, Cardi B Johnson spray. Johnson and Bronson. <laughs> Johnson and Bronson. Cardi B spray makes you so bold you'll never stop until you actually physically die. You'll go into the grave knowing everything you've done is the right way. Have you or your loved ones died of mesothelioma? <laughs> this Have music you? about mes and mesothelioma just. What is this one called? This is called transvaginal mesh. No, it's called. <laughs> Happy commercial music. Oh my god, it is. Yeah. It's like this is always the music that's playing, like side effects may cause diarrhea. Nausea, <laughs> upset stomach, yeah. suicidal thoughts, seeing dogs that aren't there, wishing to own a home. <laughs> digging digging large holes in the ground. Calling calling loved ones you don't know. Calling <laughs> loved ones you don't know. Hating strangers. <laughs> Cutting off fingernails to a level that's unsustainable. Wishing for bricks to be delivered to your home for no use. <laughs> Calling your son Jerry. Oh Side effects God. may include dying. <laughs> it's always That's death. always death is one of them. But I think yeah. that they have to throw that in there. Like the litigation that goes behind all of uh, these prescriptions. Like I think they just have to fucking, they just shoehorn. They're like, eh, yeah. fuck it. Let's throw... Let's just uh, let's throw it all. If you you know, side effects may accuse a hang hangnail. It happened once. It could happen again. Somebody when they took the medicine, they got a hangnail, and we got to put that in there. We don't know if the medicine caused it or them. We got to put it in there. We got to put it in, Dom. <laughs> we Dom, gotta, we got to put it in. We got to put it in there just in case. As long as you put this song in there, it's okay. Everything's fine. It'd be funny if this song was actually like you slowed it down and it's all the side effects like. Really slow, woven into music. I was thinking that it was like if you slowed it down really, like really intensely, like it would really sound slow, but it would sound like satanic. You know how everything yeah. slowed down just sounds like really just yeah. It's kind of obvious, but yeah, yeah. everything's about sounds good. Slow down. I love slowing stuff down. Everything slowed down <laughs> sounds like fucking Satan himself is fucking Satan uh, himself here. Satan himself is fucking playing the piano. He is tickling the ivories and he is playing. So how'd you get into DJing? Um, uh okay. Speaking I of started, slowing stuff down, slowing stuff down, right? Okay, you slow stuff down if you're a DJ. That's true. You Wax. Can, it's called pitch up, pitch down, mm -hmm. and I'm sorry, on the blue plum. <laughs> so no, um, I started collecting records right? when I was, I guess, fourteen. Why'd you start? I was really into music. I like started when I was like thirteen. Well, okay, I'll tell you the. Let's start from the genesis. Let's we'll start. Okay. Um, I think every kid goes through this like trajectory with music. You like learn about like um, uh, classic rock, right? You know. So I was like, I was like twelve, and I'm pretty sure I just smoked weed, and I was like, damn. Twelve? That's pretty young. Thirteen? Yeah, I mean, I grew up around you're, Southern SoCal. Come on, right? You know? You're only child. You didn't have like an older brother, older sister. Nah, kind dude, of thing I was going hanging on. out with bad kids. I was a bad oh, kid okay. myself. I was a little punk girl. Really? Yeah, dude. I was wow. bad. Bad girl. Okay. Bad girls club. Um, so I really liked The Doors, Led Zeppelin, yes. Pink Floyd, All great Jimi bands. Hendrix. Great. Um, great guitar player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Nina, did you know that he's a really good guitar player? Do you want to get out, out, of out of here? <laughs> oh my God, I was just about to say that. <laughs> yeah. Actually, guitar is a Spanish word, so... Um, <laughs> 
Do you want to get out of here? Whoa. Whoa. My place, your place. place. I don't have a place. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) This ditch is really cool, actually. Jimi Hendrix used to play in a ditch. Uh That's how I got started. That's what I'm doing. I'm actually like here to kind of learn about his kind of what he did, you know? Yeah, a lot of people like want to play in concerts. I just want to play in a ditch. (laughs) I feel like that's where I connect kind of the most to myself Mm -hmm. as a Mm -hmm. a guitarist. Uh Uh-huh. 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 Okay, so... Classic Rocks. Classic Rock. And then I started listening to punk, like, exclusively. Like, Mm -hmm. anything on, like, SST and Discord. This is when I was, like, 13 years old. I love. This is um, too much. It's too, way too cool. I can't believe that. Well, I was friends. That's with- cr- I know. I believe that, but I, I guess I, I can't believe it. But it's one of those things where I have this such an opposite experience. I'm always <laughs> amazed that people. But you know where did you? You grew up in the Midwest, right? Yeah, it's a Southern California thing. Yeah, I also- people who grow up here are so far advanced as far as age and coolness. Come. It's like growing up in New York. You yeah. have this like access to a place. The thing is. I was so close to this, you know, cultural metropolis that is L.A. I mean, in, in Orange County, also, that's the birthplace of a lot of early 80s hardcore, which I loved. I Black loved Flag. Black Flag, Minutemen, mm-hmm. Agent Orange, Adolescence. These are all Orange County bands. Well, Minutemen is from um, P- St. Pedro. But it's all pretty close. It's, it's all, all the close. beach, basically. And so you, it's the beach. You get that reverberation yeah. there. I mean, like, there is of... There was just so much incredible punk music, but I was I went really micro and then I went macro. So I was listening to like like Texas skate punk. I was listening to like JFA and like I don't know who that is. That's like a early God. I listened to like some pretty random ass obscure shit. Should we play something? I love like yeah. I really liked Black Randy, the Metro Squad. That I've was never like, even heard of that. Such a their, great name. Oh damn! You would actually. This is a Johnny song. What song? Down. Down by the laundromat or to the laundromat? Okay, I'll just type in laundromat and see what happens. Laundromat. That's not how you spell laundry. I think <laughs> that it's on Spotify Is as it? well. Okay, I'll if try you that. need I got uh, Spotify. But I listen to like God, one of my favorite bands. I love like Butthole Surfers right? and The Fall and like Gun Club. The Fall, yeah. And Gun I was Club like is, young as hell. Yeah. But then I got, um, I started collecting records. So I was just into music. That was like, I didn't fucking play sports. I didn't give a shit about anything. I just like did drugs and I liked music and I liked books. I actually heard this band for the first time the other day, Black Rain and the Metro Squad, because I was really? listening to the urinals. Oh, I loved the urinals. Oh, they're so great. So good. And I recommended this and I was like, I've never heard of this before, but it's obviously, it's... Um, Go, go to that. Pass the dust. No, that's actually San Francisco. He's from this San Francisco. Okay. But um, play down by the laundromat. I think <clears> it's a fourth track. This is a very Johnny song, okay. actually. I'm already in because of drum machine. Honestly, I mean, the second I hear a drum machine mixed with a non-drum machine setting, it's like, very like reggae-esque. Yeah, it which is. I know that. I wonder if it's it's possible it's it's coming through mono. Mm, that's because what it of is. the way this is plugged in there. Because you can't hear the vocals right where it Yeah. So, I mean, anyway, they're uh, they're really good. <laughs> yeah, this is just fucking great. Um, really, really good. It's that so cool. song is really great. Um, their other songs don't really sound too much like that, but um, he has like you've probably even heard a cover like. Uh, loner with a boner. Do you I haven't. No. I'm a loner with a boner. I'm gonna telephone her. Dun, dun, That's dun, such dun, like dun, a dun, such dun. like a punk song of that era because some of the songs were just really kind of. This is from like '78, '79 too, so it's oh, a little earlier right, than what okay. I was used to. Because I listened to like a lot of like mid '80s stuff, mm-hmm. but um, 
Yeah. How do I stop it? Okay. (laughs) But I really, um, I don't know. There's so much good SoCal. Like Gun Club is one of my favorite bands. Gun Club is how, Gun Club, I got into Gun Club in college and that's one of those bands where I just, they're just, everything is, they have such a little output but well, they, it's I so good. they're kind of prolific, actually, for the amount of time they were spending making right. music because their first album, Fire of Love, came out in 1980. And then they have Miami, right. uh, Las Vegas Story, um, and then I think a third or fourth album. But Jeffrey Lee Pierce, he actually, um, I don't know if you he, know like a lot about the band. I don't. I know a little bit, but he, not a lot. He was like known for unfortunately being really difficult to deal with on stage and he was like a total alcoholic yeah. and so I think that band would have just been so much more successful because you listen to them now it's just it's aged so well oh, it's God, so yeah. like he has, sounds like Dr. John in a way he has this mm-hmm. kind of New Orleans like sound to him and it's like it's like it's outlaw country it's very special punk yeah it's, like I feel like well this is the song I got to is this because she's like heroin to me love this song yeah, it does feel kind of, I never thought, but it does feel kind of bayou-y. Yes, it's like dirty. It sounds dirty. And also, yeah, it's definitely some, that's crazy, because it's not going through in two channels right now, because you can't hear his vocals. Yeah, exactly. That's fucked. That's weird, because it wasn't doing that yesterday, was it? Yeah. I guess when I'm a cool and there's a sugar in my veins. Yeah, it's so, and also his singing, <laughs> he feels like he's so, there's always a thing I think about with singers where someone who's kind of like, I don't know how to describe it. It's almost like reaching forward kind of thing. Like they're really kind of pushing like, ah, you got you to gotta step out. Okay. We're still recording? Awesome. Okay. I'll stop it then. Um, okay. I'll see you. Talk to you soon. Um, got it. Yeah. I think that I really like like Jeffrey Lee Pierce's style of singing. I really, really love Lou Reed's style of singing. That's my, that's, he's probably my favorite vocalist. Right. But I think he kind of was, he pioneered a lot of the ways that like a lot of indie rock guys sing. Because he's yeah. this kind of lazy, languid. Lazy or just really, just like, like he's almost like, with Jeffrey Lee Pierce, I feel like he's throwing it, almost like he's spitting or something. It just feels very, like he's, I don't yeah. know, like he's very loose. But it's kinda, more guttural. Like he'll yeah. even like, he'll moan in his songs. Like Jeffrey Lee Pierce will be like, uh-huh, yeah. you know, whereas Lou Reed is like, I don't give a fuck. And I, I like that. I think that it's just so genuine. Like it's not, he's not putting on this air of like, of like, I don't give a fuck, but I really hope you care. Yeah. He's just kind of like this, like, meh. <laughs> That's like his, it's, it's his style of it's singing. His style it's just, of being meh. very like, eh. just, yeah, it, yeah, he's like the original kind of a punk dude where he's really not. Dude, I think that I've made this argument so many times that, that Velvet Underground is the first punk band. It's their right. album Velvet Underground Nico came out in 1967, and the song Heroin is like that exploratory. Like, I mean, John Cale was like fucking experimenting so much with right. like really like cataclysmic, bizarro sounds and everything. And like European Sun, it's a 13 minute song that then just that has like sounds of breaking yeah, glass very and, and like aggressive. Yeah. Also, the stuff even if you think white about white um, heat. I'm set free. I always think about that song, how bad the guitar solo is. It's so bad, it's basically... Do you think it's, it's purposeful? I don't know, honestly. I've listened to it so many times, I always like, kind of laugh at it. Uh, I always say, like, you know, if you feel bad about something, just listen to that solo, because it's so bad. You know, it made the album, and it's like a, it's, I have it's one a, of my favorite songs, you know? I think it's I'm Set Free. So good, yeah. It's just the one where it's... Yeah, let's see. Let's the fucking... Where's the guitar solo? This is it. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. It's like it looks like it's really juvenile. Yeah. The fact this is in mono is insane to me, but, but it's okay. 
It's okay. What can you do? Really? There is yeah. something this that reminds me of. There's a video that I watch whenever I'm down, and I feel like you would appreciate Ooh, this. What is it? Okay, have you ever seen Red Hot Chili Peppers' performance on SNL in 1994? I probably, it probably is, have, but honestly, I don't remember at all. the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Really? It's the first time they're on TV. John Frusciante is fucking smacked the fuck Oh, yeah, he's out. passing out? He is literally, do- like, barely, and they're playing Under the Bridge. Yeah, okay, this is it. Oh, my God. You have to watch how bad it's... That's Frusciante, right? Yes. Look how fucking he's so on heroin. And Ah, isn't this hilarious? It's already bad. It's his guitar sounds like he. You know, if you go to the bathroom, you have change in your pockets, and then the (laughs) the change hits the toilet water. That's what he's like. Because the irony is, he's such a great guitar player. He's like Anthony Kiedis is so embarrassing looking. RCP baby. So he's like, listen to it gets really bad. Okay. At least listen to the first like. Oh, here now it's about to be here off tempo. Yeah, I bet. Here we go. That's like Chad trying to make it, like get it to the heroin tempo. Uh, God, it feels like a. It's like agonizing. Like a demo. Am I even? A, I know, but it's so weird because. It's just too slow. It's way too slow. Frusciante is in a different world. Yes, he is he's, truly he's in a different an, universe at that time. He has a hot shot, dude. <laughs> yeah, so he's he like punched. definitely shot up right before he went on stage, <laughs> and everyone's like, "Oh fuck!" They were here allegedly. Right after they got off stage after this performance, the like crew had to rip apart, like keep the Red Hot Chili Peppers away from John Frusciante because they were gonna beat the shit out of him. Because this is before they were anything. This oh. is the first time on television. This is literally their first television well, performance. You know what? They they really have done a great job. <laughs> you know, I gotta give it up to them. Yeah, you can. Anthony Kiedis. You can fail a lot, I guess. You can fail a lot. That's like, man. The con- I just love that. Like somebody on stage is on heroin, p- playing guitar so shittily. Is Fleas and then to be found anywhere? Fleas, the the fucking drummer, dude. He's there. Fleas not the drummer. Yeah, dude. That's Chad. Oh, Chad. That's Fleas, the uh, what's his name? bass Chad. player. Yeah. You know what? Why did I think Flea was a drummer? He's drum. He is. You know why? Because you're not into Red Hot Chili Peppers like me. <laughs> That's probably why. Johnny's showing me his uh, asterisk tattoo sh- right now. Oh God! I. You know I, how many people have that? I bet. Do you know how badly I wanted that? Wait, are you for real? Yeah. When Wait, I was, did you really? Like I was this really, band? really into them as a kid. My friend Eric wow. had all their CDs. I mean, this is just because I'm, I'm just older. So it was like a, it was a more like one hot minute was a cool album when it came out. One hot minute was cool. Uh, Blood sugar, cool. sex, magic. My friend Colin got it as a gift for his birthday. This is probably in fifth grade. That's got, whoever got that for him, pretty cool. Mm-hmm, very cool. But my, his mom did not allow him to keep it because it had that sticker on there. Parental advisory. And it's called gore. Blood Sugar Sex. Yeah. Sex Magic. This was a Catholic family in a small Midwestern oh. town. You do not get to keep BS. S, what is it? Blood sugar sex. <laughs> BSSM. You do not get to Sounds keep Sounds worse when yeah. you actually. Like BSS. Oh, BSSM by the RCHP. <laughs> yeah, RHCP. The Royal Highway Chili Patrol. That's what it feels like. Oh, God. So yeah, they were, were really they, into them. I was for a period of time. How yeah, old were you when you were really? I was probably like 13, maybe 12. Mm. Also, I played bass. I started playing bass at one point. So 
I was probably maybe 12 or 13 when I started playing bass. Was so, Flea in the band Fear? Uh, I think Flea has always an, only in been a, in... No, he was in he a was in punk fear? band. Yeah. Isn't or fear maybe the, MIA, like a punk really? band from the Bay. Well, I, we, we could look it up, I, I guess. Say, I don't even know. look it up. Flea bass player. He was probably in... Some, I mean, I sure he, he probably was. I don't know him to be... Michael Peter Balzari. What? That's his name? That's his real name, yeah. Wow. Um, he is was in... Uh, what other bands was he in here? It says he was in... Uh, he was in... Um, he was born in Melbourne. What? But he, he has... He all, does have... A he does Australian... Look, he looks yeah. aggressively Australian. Isn't that weird how that's the case? Yeah. He just looks like he's a from a prisoner colony. Yeah. There's something about that sometimes that I'm always hesitant to talk about, but sometimes you're like, you do look like you're from this place. Yeah. But I don't think that, look, I think there's people that look like they're from Orange County. Really? Oh, yeah, dude. They have yeah. like, or, they have this like, you can kind of tell. They have, uh, there's this blondish, beachish, beachish look, but they're right. also the way that they're like jaws are oriented. It's like it's a very specific it's a region. Thing. It's regional. Yeah, because like people have regional looks. Like people look Dutch. Yeah, you dude. Mean Dutch when they look Dutch. People look like you can look French. Fuck you yeah, can look dude. English. You yes. know they're all so close. When you meet Yo, someone, you're who's so Dutch, right. You're so it's right. Like, it's always like a nose thing or kind of like, like teeth thing. I feel like teeth, mouth nose. and teeth are the always the yeah. ones that tell me like where somebody is from. But, but yeah, it's so funny. He definitely totally looks Australian. Yeah. It's almost like he looks kind of like it's like weird that he rough. It's kind of like weird that he doesn't have an Australian accent. <laughs> I guess maybe he looks like he his, moved to yeah, America looks, so young, probably. It just look he looks like a type of guy who has psoriasis of the liver. Like you, you know, Probably. he he looks, but I don't know. I feel like he's like a sober guy. He's sober now. Yeah. He's like sober now because he probably like boofed like cocaine for I like a decade all those or something. Dudes are right? hardcore sober now. They have to be. Ketis is for sure. I know. Right? Yeah. yeah he's big into it because they were like probably parachuting heroin. Welcome to the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast. <laughs> uh, if you know what parachuting is, that's something that only really cool people know about. Parachuting means you take a piece of toilet paper and you crush up whatever pill it is you want. <laughs> You put the powder in I'm the toilet you're not paper. I'm music to this. I should do a little music to a... <laughs> yeah. Paris, let's talk about parachuting. <laughs> yeah. Something I did, used to do in college with oxycodone. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. Not oxycontin. I would be dead. Oxycodone. Parachuting. I used to love doing that shit. Wait, you would put it in your butthole? No, you can swallow it. Okay, so you put it in... So I thought people just put it in their butt, but I, and you put it in like a paper towel, or not paper towel, uh, but like... Piece of toilet, toilet paper. paper. Yeah, and you get it wet, and you put, you put the powder in it, you crush it up, and then yeah. you swallow it. So it just fucking, bam, hits you hard. Wouldn't it be hit you harder if you like snorted it? Yeah, but I don't... I think that a lot of times hurt. you don't want to snort... So certain pills where it's like, you don't want to fucking snort it. Also, yeah, they're hurt. not meant to snort because they're supposed to be metabolized by your stomach. Oh. So uh, there's certain... Certain pills they have they're designed so they can't be snorted. So you're basically telling me that you used to do synthetic heroin. Uh yeah. <laughs> well, I don't I guess oxycodone is synthetic heroin. Do you remember a long time ago you gave me a Dilaudid? I think from I, your doctor probably. or your dad. From your dad. It wasn't from my dad. Believe me, it wasn't from my dad. <laughs> I have because I think I was sitting on so many of them. Yeah. For a while. It was when I uh, I was in the hospital. And then I like came, I remember I was in the hospital for like a day. It was like years ago. And oh, then God. I heard so bad. And you were like, you're like, oh, I oh this, yeah, I did I have got this. Uh, and you gave, you gave me a delight. You gave me a delight. I think I'm trying to go where I got that from. Because I feel like it was one of those things where I took it once 
and I did. I thought it was like this is. I do not feel good. It's that, too powerful. That's what happened. You told yeah. me. I remember you told me this. You're like, you're like, it's too strong. And I had been on it in the hospital because okay. I was in such pain that they were like giving me Dilaudid, and I was like, this shit is heroin. Yeah, it, it is feels crazy. bad. I I find it, it for me taking it recreationally. I was like, this is not good. I've only done it one time. And I was like, I felt I felt overwhelmingly. It's like it's, anxious about how like relaxed you were feeling, yeah. you know? When For s- me, it was more like it just feel kind of sick and also just overwhelmed by something. Like it feels too, just yeah, too much. Yeah, that, that I don't like sensation, that I know exactly what you mean with drugs. Like that sensation where you feel like the drug is now winning this tug of war because yeah. at the end of the day, I want to be the... Uh, I I, I want to be the arbiter of my own reality, right? You know, and I don't want anything to knock me too off that court. Like I'm, I'm I want to be tethered in some yeah. way to the earth. I and feel like so, I haven't taken anything like that in a, such a long time for that reason. When I was younger, I used to imbibe in psychedelics all the time. Yeah. I mean, but. Again, growing up near LA, mm-hmm. it was like, you know, the music, it was a bumping. <laughs> the drugs, they were a flowing. I like did so many drugs as a teenager. It was crazy. As a teenager. Teenager. Did I start doing acid when I was 15? God, like regularly. That's crazy. I know. It's wild. Do you reflect it's affected your brain chemistry as an adult? I've always thought about this. And then it actually, if anything, it makes me really happy that I did that because I think that there was. This is what happened that I think is is great. When you take any form of psychedelics, you're experiencing ego death in some way because you're kind of peeking behind this like proverbial right. veil. You or you should be, you know, you should be kind of poking holes through reality. Mm-hmm. And I think when I took it at such a young age, I think when you're a teenager, you think everything is so important. Yeah. You know, you're like everything is so dramatic because you're <gasps> experience in your life is all you have is all you have and you have really no perspective you know you are this amalgamation of your history which at that time occurs of you know i mean a few years yeah you're just very you're a fresh human Mm -hmm. you know you're a larva and so i think that you think these are so important and when i took psychedelics young i realized it's like oh nothing really matters but not being misanthropic about yeah, that reality just you kind of see you have another it just helps your perspective in a, a way that you can't really describe it's just a yeah because you're, you're not yeah it just sort of pulls the rug out from under a lot of things that are really established the importance of things become less important because you sort of have a greater perspective you know it's almost like i mean they call taking that tripping for a reason and if you go if you travel a lot as a young person i think a lot of people who have been able to travel before their, uh, you know, before puberty or just at a younger age. It opens your eyes to different types of people in a way that makes you uh, empathetic to people that you wouldn't otherwise be. Cause oh you, yeah, because you see stuff from like I got to travel when I was really young, and I was, I, I think that's like man, what a, how it's so lucky because I I was able to see stuff that. Help me like understand people I didn't know in a way. Yeah, and other see, things. Like, oh, this is stuff out there. You it's- you also take that knowledge and then it's applicable to other things in your life. It right. kind of serves as a metaphor in a lot of ways. And I think immersing yourself consistently in things that can be maybe initially seem uncomfortable, or challenging, is, in challenging yeah. is a really good way to learn more about yourself. Right, and also just like in, just interact and, and confront certain things that like. 
you are maybe tied to that don't really exist. You know, it's just like, I think thinking that things are like, I, I, the, what, what was revealed to me was the cosmic joke where it's like, yeah, we're all going to fucking die and it doesn't matter. And then instead of being like, Oh no, it's like, fuck yeah, I can do whatever I want. And it actually doesn't matter. And no one really gives a fuck about anything you do. And I think that is the most freeing Mm -hmm. realization when you're just like, it doesn't matter what I do. Nobody gives a shit, so I should just do exactly what I want to do. Right, and that's a big <laughs> problem for a lot of people because you, you know people from childhood or from whenever you know them and they're still kind of weighed down by, oh, I don't know if I should do this. They're doing an impression like, of themselves. They're doing yeah. an impression of what they think other people think of them. Right. And they're playing this character that they have been like um, given, reprising the role of consistently. And it's just like so exhausting. It's like, you don't even have to do that. Like they're compartmentalizing themselves. They're like, I don't know. Is this behavior off brand for me? You know? (laughs) And it's just like, dude, you, it doesn't, no one is looking at you that closely. Like, dude, so many people like that I grew up with, like, they like get married and have job. They get married to people that I'm like, I don't think you even like this person. Dude. It's a lot of statusy stuff. Yeah. And yeah. like just, and I think a lot of times, this is what I kind of came to the realization. Uh, I think a lot of times also people get married um, for their career to be taken more seriously. So let's say this is not particular, this actually has nothing to do with our field and I think any creative field, but more so like, let's say you're 27 years old. Okay. Uh-huh. And you are a manager at a propane company. That's a great job. Great job. Great job. <laughs> out, he, you listeners out there who might be propane uh, store managers, like if you want that raise, it's like having, a, being like, hey, I'm getting married. Yeah. Going to have some kids. It's like, then it's like more, this is more kind of uh, Come into my office, Michael. Yeah. So you're, you're going to take it serious, huh? <laughs> Let's take the job to the next level too. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like you get a raise because what you're What do you like, think about moving to Pacoima? <laughs> We're looking for a regional district manager down there, and uh, I know you and the little lady uh, might want to set up shop down there. It's not that far away from her in-laws, I believe. Yes, and uh, great schools, if you know what I mean. If you catch my drift. Great schools. If you catch my my drift. drift. (laughs) There's some really fucking good schools over there. So you can fuck your new wife. Get your semen in her so she can give you a baby. Some good schools. I don't know what you're thinking about, but there's some pretty good schools over there. I know you might not be thinking about this yet, but you never know. If she wants one, you have to do it. <laughs> so there's some pretty good schools over there. <laughs> uh, What's the school district like? It's good. It's really good, actually. <laughs> it's really good. But no, I think that makes sense, right? People like yeah. that they do things in order to like... It's like this idea of being a professional adult, mm-hmm. about being an adult and doing the things you do. what you're to supposed do. to do. Yeah. But a lot of times it caps out pretty fast. Dude, it, it doesn't take much to go through all the things. You did, got married, had kids, you did all the stuff. And now it's kind of like, oh. Uh, and you're I just mean, waiting around. That's sort of like what the midlife crisis is all about. Oh, it makes so much it's sense. Just, yeah. But I think midnight, midlife crises usually only happen to people that uh, are kind of feel like they've been following a track yeah. as opposed to cultivating their own path. Right. You know, I think there's a big difference there. Dude, like I was talking to my mom the other day and she told me like she got married to my dad when she was like 24. That's and I'm pretty like, young. Ew. That's fucking ridiculous. I mean, she's not that young. Though. I know. That's what's fucked up about it yeah. is that like a lot of people, there's still, people are getting married. That's the, people out there currently are married and they're like 22. And I'm like, yeah. 
yo, what kind of charade do you think you're oh. doing, dude? Oh, it's number one. It's the first one. You're a child. It's like, they're kids. Yeah, they'll so, be done by by a certain point in time. Probably. But how could a kid, like, that's the crazy thing. When it's like somebody who's like like 22 and they have a kid and it's like, how can, like, what is a 22-year-old going to tell a child what's right and wrong? Like, you don't know shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't know anything. That's so, yeah, it's a thing. Where, yeah, because I didn't know anything back then, I feel But like. I feel like it's kind of what you're saying before. What is that concept called where it's like... Oh, Dunning-Kruger effect? Yeah, yeah, so I'm 29, mm-hmm. and I feel like when I was younger, I thought I knew more things, and now the older I get, I'm like, I'm fucking... I don't know shit. I don't know shit, dude. The only older thing, I get, the more I don't honestly, know Honestly, the only thing I know now is that when someone 22 tells me something, I go like this, I go... Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, oh, you're doing that? Great. Okay, just... Uh, Sounds good. I know, dude. Like, I also it's love... It's so fun to talk to people that age, too, because sometimes they're so confident about stuff, and it's all I can do not to actually laugh in their face. <laughs> yes, You're yes. like, you have no idea. I love also just <laughs> smiling and saying no to somebody. Yeah, like, yeah. when I DJ, I love... It's the most fun thing. Oh, yeah. Someone's like... Hey, hey, can I make a request? And I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. And then they're like, they're like, oh. What? <laughs> yeah, Why can't I? Yeah, but they don't it's even, like, they, they're, what you're doing is like, it's this one two punch where it's like, she's smiling, but she's rejecting me. Yeah. Like, she's saying no, but she's not being mean. Because you're not being mean. Because no. you're not I'm angry like, either. No. You're like, oh, no, you just can't. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. just, you, you I don't can't. even say sorry. Yeah. Why am I sorry? Yeah, you're not sorry. You definitely shouldn't be sorry. I'm sorry. Why are you talking to me? <laughs> the only thing you should say to a DJ while they're DJing is, great job. Right. I like this track. I even love this. A, even a, what is this? What is this is a great one. Yeah. I've done a lot of what is this is to people. What is this is a, is a compliment, of course. I think the best record I ever bought was a what is this from a guy in London. <laughs> Have you you DJ in London? A classic. What is this? Dude, I've never been to London. You gotta. I never DJed there, but I feel like that to me, as far as I know, I feel like London is the that's the epicenter for playing records. Yeah, it really it really is, and I I really need to go there because I there's so many incredible uh, places to like. Do also do comedy I'm like what the fuck I like that yeah it's I feel like that, my sensibility you know it's Johnny total. you know me I'm a, I'm a British comic yes you know I have that energy <laughs> I have that British comic energy uh, no I I mean I would be fun I really want to go there you and should. just a DJ there would be so cool what's well, the cool thing you get to do that I almost didn't ask you about is you have this thing where you can do both all the time which is such a cool thing because you can I don't know. I, I see that. I see you post about something. Like, eh, how great is that? You can go someplace and do two types of work in the same place and just fucking you know be so busy and and enjoy both things equally. Yeah, it's so nice. It's like I so I like to. I'll even have like a show. I'll do like a comedy show, and then afterward, I'll have like a DJ set somewhere right. else. And then it's just nice. Like I don't know. I think that like splitting your brain in that way is kind of, but it's not even splitting it. And also like you know. As you know, like certain times, like in your careers, like things can be like disappointing. You're like going through a rough patch or right. whatever. And like when you do like a, you know, myriad of things, it's nice because you're able to, you're like, oh, I'm kind of like overwriting. I've been writing so much. Like if you're writing like a, like a fucking Anything. Sh- a show or whatever yeah. the fuck, a script. To and have then some sort just, of diversity in your, what you do. Yeah. To stimulate yourself. Totally. And, and they all really relate to mm-hmm. one another, but. 
Um, a lot of times, like even if I, let's say I have a stamp set and it was like amazing. I feel so pumped up by it. And then I have a DJ set and I'm like, that was kind of lackluster for me or vice versa. Right. I have like not a great set. And then I have the catharsis of DJing. Mm -hmm. And then like that feels like I did something. So I have these, I have both opportunities of expression that make me feel like good. Yeah. There's always something you can do with that. Yeah. It's cool, man. I dig it. There's a... You gotta go to London, do it. I know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Just gonna book it. it. <laughs> just book it. Just buy the tickets. Just book Six it. Six months from now, go. Don't plan it. <laughs> just bombastic emails. <laughs> bye 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 bye. Yeah. Listen up. I fuck. All right, listen. I mean, I had this other this great song I was using yesterday. Really? I have to play this for you. This is this is. My, I think this is the ultimate. Um, uh, let's see here. Ultimate background for like a British. D- here, this is it. Oh, what's up? Oh, what's up? All right, all right, all right. Number one, number two, number oh, so six. So you're like basically from like South London, I can see from your accent. Right? All right, this yeah. is this is DJ Bubble Butt. This is uh, South London here on the mix. <laughs> BBC number twenty-seven here. I guess Nina Tar. We're talking about records and all sorts of things. Oh, yeah. thanks it's for having me. Crazy place here. Yeah. We're live in the loft here. Yeah, streaming live. live. <laughs> DJ DJ Buster Snacks. Here we are. One two three. One two. Hanging out here, having a bit of a toke. Having some lager, hanging out, daytime, daytime chill music. <laughs> Four hours set, going to go for you now. Here we are, back room, Brick Lane, London. Your accent's <laughs> transforming into like weirdly kind of Jamaican in a weird way. Oh, probably. Uh, everything in me always ends up going to Jamaica. I know. What is up with that? <laughs> I just love it. I know. I feel I like do. you just listen to that music and then so it's just kind of like a bit infiltrating your, your eardrums. Yeah. And... Also, I, it, it is similar. I think the accent, the British accent is really close to. Patois, like it's it's part of the same same with Irish accent. It Dude, is for sure. Yeah, Irish. people always talk about like, oh, you're going to Irish. Like, it's kind of the same thing actually. It's not like it's like Dutch as well as um, like Swedish sounds a lot like Midwestern sometimes. Oh, because it is. What is that? Because there's tons of Swedes in the Midwest but who like, settled the Midwest. So, for like, so oh, long. we're gonna go. We have to go to Jim's house because he bought all these cars and they don't know where to put them. <laughs> It's the same as like it's for again the Arvin it's the same. It's, it's the like, same thing. Yeah. The heck? It comes from that. I mean, I guess that's the same reason why people like hillbillies well hillbillies are called hillbillies, I guess, because there's so many Irish people that have the name Billy and they live in the hills, so they're called hillbillies. Oh. So people do not like the word hillbilly is considered derogatory, I guess. But it's I also guess. Co- yeah. So I, if you're a hillbilly out there, sorry. Yeah. Oops. Sorry, earmuffs. <laughs> if you if you talk like, oh, well, we're coming down here and finding out and trickle down the next the duty duty. That's almost like, oh, we're in here in Ireland and we're, we're trying to find a way to get the potatoes, but they're are here and down south. It's yeah. Like, it's like the difference is only just. What would it's you not say from like southern, like kind of that that Creole accent right. to me is so wild because like has, a, like a swamp person kind yeah, of yeah yeah where it's like because it's we it's oh, man because that that's that's such a weird outlier within the southern accent right. world the you know like, like we're we're having a over here yeah kind of well, well we went on back to Boudreaux and they, they went around there it's a little bit of, but it's a little bit more rounder than that you know there's a little bit of French in there <laughs> yeah too, it's a little Cajun it's rounder Tom, well, Tommy Thibodeau he, he lives around here uh, <laughs> well, uh, we, we see him come down on the, on the fan boat but we, we ain't paying him out to it just now well just well, I have on the P-roll and we'll go up there and find a little bit of something there <laughs> 
God, voices are fun. That's why that's the best. It's my favorite thing to do. I used to be embarrassed about them because I like yeah. like you know what it is? So many comics are like the ones that are like, I'm a I'm a writer's writer. I comic. fucking hate that dude, shit. I know, Get right? But here. it's like, dude, I'm sorry. I'm trying to have fun. Yes. Motherfucker. Get over yourself. That's what I I think it's um, it's going back to like you have to just do whatever the fuck you want because it doesn't matter. Everyone's gonna like have their own fucking opinion about your shit. So yeah. it's like you can't just but dude, I used to like not be afraid of doing voices because I was like, I don't want to be a hack. That's the yeah, thing. It's like you're like, oh, am I a hack for doing voices? It's definitely a thing because I don't have a hot take about like dating or in, in LA. I know what you mean. This Trump guy <laughs> is he a Cheeto or what? Uh, honestly, that's like, it's like not, shut the. I fuck know, up. dude. Just people like talking monotone about their ideas. How fucking confident you think yeah. you're that important? You think your ideas are that important that that's you can right. just speak in your own voice mm -hmm. for ten minutes about like, your opinions? Oh my god! Like, most masturbatory shit ever. Yeah. <laughs> if you were in front of some person with an axe wielding henchman, it's like entertain me. <laughs> Who would win? Probably not the guy like, I don't know about you, but I feel like this whole campaign of finance was dead. I'm fucking dead. Kill him. Next up. Oh, that voice is funny. Eh? Like, that's funny. Give him food that doesn't have poison. <laughs> You know what I mean? I love this example. This yeah. is so, like you should approach stage and be like, "Is there a psychopath going to entertain kill me? <laughs> a boy prince? Right? Who has a boy a, prince? You have to entertain a boy prince. Exactly. That's what I'm always trying to do. That's my main motivation on stage. But a boy prince laugh. When you said when you said earlier that's like performing for a wall of people, I actually just see one person, and it's ha -ha. a whole crowd amalgamated <laughs> to a little <laughs> to a petite boy. Well, think about Richard. Prior, you know, he's like one of my favorite comedians, and he was do, do voices and stuff all the time. Yeah, and people always respect him. Yeah. So, and Steve Martin, he's my favorite. Yeah, same thing. I fucking love him. And tons should, of very dude, silly. He shit's aged really well. Have you yeah. listened to like Let's Get Small lately? I, like, I haven't in a long time. I actually listened to it weirdly like a month ago because I was like, oh, I haven't. It, it was so. I, I have like all of his records, and like right. I listened to them a lot when I was like. 14 or 15 oh, and I cool. loved them and so I I listened to them recently and I was like this is so good like mm -hmm. it aged so well it's not like he's not doing like jokes about Jimmy Carter and like you know what I yeah, mean that's, and like, that's such a big thing you always forget about that that some of the stuff that's the best is the stuff that really doesn't have any it's evergreen it's evergreen because it's most human. things are evergreen if yes. you think about it and like, it's like human like I think that that's if you're trying to be the purveyor of the truth, right? <laughs> then you like, it's cool to be like this. I like, I call it broad specificity uh -huh. where it's like, like talking about a subject that's really broad, but being so specific in it that feels so human where it's like little thing, you know, it's like that minutia detail. And yeah, everyone's like, the yeah, that is, that is weird. I never thought of that. Oh <laughs> yeah. Like Ch those chips do make a funny sound. Yeah. Dang. I've always said, I've always said that. That's my that, that does smell bad. <laughs> People do do that. That's like my, oh my God. People, How, dude, can I show you something that we don't have to do it on air, but okay. it's only 30 seconds long and it is very, what is it? Okay. It's called, I, I, it is, it'll <laughs> fuck you up. Okay. Um, I'm ready to be My, my friend sent this to me and it really, it messed me up good. Um, is it like a? It's not an animal dying, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I just make you, you watch video on like live leak of a of a dog being executed by I ISIS. Make you, I make you watch a snuff uh, film. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that is kind of makes things different now. Okay, maybe 
comedy special jokes about American politics stereotypes. This is okay. Is this just some random person? No, it's like a Fox Nation thing. But what? new special yeah, yeah. So just type okay. in this this like line. New comedy special, special jokes, jokes about American politics. Okay, this will probably do enough. <laughs> This one. This one, okay. Okay, you're gonna die. And the pursuit of laughter. Watch as comedian Michael Loftus gives his hilarious take on American history. I think England misses America every 4th of July. They're like, damn it, we lost them. We could have had it all. We could have had it all. American politics. Everybody remembers the Bill Clinton when he first came in, when he was relaxed and laid back. And then we found out why. And American stereotypes. I'd like to get someone from Nolens against someone from Louisville on the Wheel of Fortune on the same day. Ticket, ticket, ticket. Yeah, I'd like to buy a. Plus, the musical comedy musings of Brian Hayner. I just have nothing to say here. Everything is a meme. And laugh out loud with Reno Collier. You're damn right you are. You know? Freedom to laugh. Available now. What the fuck Fox is this show? It's propaganda. America. Is this this is a Fox News thing? It's isn't a it? Fox News comedy special. Wow. <laughs> All you gotta know is this. Isn't that the craziest thing? Comments are turned off. Yeah, because they were so bad. Oh my god! Look how many likes versus dislikes there uh, yeah. are. Yeah. Isn't that the craziest thing you've ever seen? It it's is pure propaganda. Wow. Pr- what is it called? Proud for laughs. I think it's called. It's okay to laugh. Something. No. <laughs> It's called freedom to laugh. I'm proud for laugh. Freedom, freedom to laugh, which implies like, <laughs> yeah, I want to laugh at something. I don't, but these they're making me feel like I can't laugh no more. And I like it's like Amer- talks about current American politics, like Bill Clinton. Yeah. Also, the audience they all bust them in from like a golden corral. Yeah, and they have like lanyards on and stuff. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> this is great. I know, isn't it? This I, is really good. I, I love uh, the musical. Wow. Everything is extreme. Everything is liberty and the pursuit of laughter. Watch as comedian Michael Loftus gives his hilarious take on American history. He just did this. Uh, Listeners, you know the thing where you go like this with your your ear and put it up to your. He did that when he walked out. He's like, I can, I can't hear you. Think England misses America every Fourth of July. Uh, It's not. uh, 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 Oh man, it's. It's so bad. Like I've watched it like five times because I want to see the actual thing. Yeah, I want to see the the real thing. It's I wonder how you can get so bad. You can probably get it on DVD. Oh yeah, or maybe if you sign up for Fox Nation, some shit like that. <laughs> I love it. You know what? But they're they're doing it. The irony of that stuff to me is that conservative people they don't have bad taste in comedy. There's a lot of conservative people who do love comedy, and you can even be telling a bunch of shit about Trump. They're like, man, I voted for Trump. You're fucking funny. Yeah. They don't care. They it's, really don't care. There's a lot of conservative people who do not do, they have great taste in comedy. Well, I think they're also voting for Trump because it's like, they're like, listen, I'm, yeah. uh, he's, oh no, he's a wacky guy. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I like the way he pisses people off. Oh, I think it's funny, man. <laughs> listen, I mean, he's a wacky guy, but look, look, at the end of the day, you know, he's a ball buster. And he we're is gonna, a ball, he's a ball buster. He's we're going to need buster. a ball buster in the White House. And look, I also don't care about human rights, just my money. So I just love watching people squirm. <laughs> I just like my money. And I don't care at what cost, I have to keep it. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't, God. that's it. That's good. That's rich. I like it. Dude, I fucking, that comedy special is so, it's like life, liberty, and the pursuit, pursuit of, of laughter. The pursuit of laughter. That is it's pretty da- it's pretty damn great. 
So uh, how long did you want to do comedy before you started doing comedy? I? How many years? Oh, gosh. I don't... Okay, so it was Because you were collecting un- records at a young age, like comedy records. Yeah, well, I loved comedy. Like, I mean, I was watching... Like, my folks have really good taste in comedy. Okay. You know, um, my mom's favorite show is Seinfeld, and so that... My mom's current favorite show is Curb Your Enthusiasm. So you grew up with, like, people around you liking comedy. Yes, but neither of my parents are funny. They're right. like not funny. And my mom's like accidentally funny. My father is the type of guy who watches something and then he's like, huh, that was funny. He's not really. It's <laughs> yeah, not, he's, a, he's a hard sell, huh? He's a sort of. It's just more he's Doesn't like. Doesn't give it up a lot. He intellectualizes it. Yeah. And then he's just like, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, but no, they have like good classic taste. Mm-hmm. Like my dad's favorite movie is like Animal House. And okay. like my dad showed me when I was growing up. He's like really old school. We I watched so much Three Stooges. Really? And yeah. That's so and funny. I Love Lucy and um, Harry Lloyd, Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin. What's your dad? Yeah. He That's crazy. He loved that stuff. Yeah. So physical humor was really important. I also got teased a lot. Um, I was a kid. And so you do, you to mitigate the severity of you right. being teased, you like are funny. And so I then was funny because of that. And then uh, in high school, voted a uh, class clown. Awesome. Baby. Uh, you got it. You can never dude. take that away from you. You can never take that away from us. A class clown. From you, that can senior, never be taken away. Senior year, baby. Class clown, okay? Woodbridge High School, 08. Um, no, but uh, yeah, my, I don't know. I, I, so I was kind of into it. I really liked comedy and I was funny-ish. And then I don't know if this... It happens to a lot of people, but like I just was like writing things down I thought were funny. Did yeah. not think they were jokes. Right. Wasn't that wasn't the idea. It was like a journal, you know? I would just write stuff down, funny things. But in I, the back of your mind you weren't kinda like, I kinda wanna do this. I kinda but I, I'm not i th- I didn't even think that was really possible. I mean, like it's a, it seems like an untouchable and unfathomable career to have. I I I always say the exact same thing actually. Yeah. When someone asked me that question, I always I always say Oh, it just seemed like something you couldn't possibly actually do that. Yeah, I know. That's it seems and because right. for me, I grew up like literally nobody in my family on my mother's side or my father's side are uh like creatives. Right. Nobody. Like my mother yeah. is a scientist. Okay. Okay. My father was a city planner, worked for the city. Yeah, it's very not it's not uh, Nobody air- literally like my my fo- and they're like my, Nobody in my family like is like, uh, yeah, this person's a painter, like uh-huh. and made money. Nobody's made money doing anything like that in my in, in any side of my family. So I just didn't think it was a thing that you could yeah. ever do. And you would just like get this elite access to being like an actor or a fucking um a comedian and Right, you're also almost like someone asks you to do it. You don't you don't do it yourself. Yeah, how like, how do you even start that? Right. Yeah. There's no path. It feels crazy. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I just was like, no, no, I, it's not even thing. So, so it's not like, oh, I've always wanted to be a stand-up comedian. It's like I didn't think, I'm, I don't know. It was like a young girl. This doesn't even make sense yeah. for like a woman at that yeah, time. Yeah, for women especially, it's even more like, no. oh, what? No, you, you no. no, it's not a thing. There's like three of them, and they're, we've got enough. Yeah, they're fine. Elaine Bozler. <laughs> and some two people I don't know their names and you yeah. know like Roseanne Barr right you yeah. know and like people like that but um when I was so so I but I was just writing stuff down and then I was 20 I believe and I was I took UCB classes I was like in UCB 101 and I really liked that because I was acting for a bit prior to that but like shitty just little shitty things really yeah they're so dumb it was 
like embar- like bad bad things but like i don't know i liked film and i was like make so i was like oh i like acting and what if i do this yeah, yeah. so so yeah i started taking ucb classes and then in my i think it was 201 i met these two guys that were in the class and they were really funny and they were like hey we're gonna go to open mics do you want to come mm. and i was like oh i can't and i kind of like was thinking about it i think at this point once i started like when i was like 20 for about like a year i was like oh should i do this it's like i think would be good to do i don't know i think i could do it and it's just like trying to convince yourself and uh, i don't know it's so hard to get over it's it's so hard because you have to you have to assert yourself so much. Oh my god! And you're like also like a kid, and and you're not yeah. funny. That's the crazy yeah. thing is that you have to do this thing, and you know that you're bad. That's yeah. what's so fucked up about it. Or you think you're it. good, but you can't figure out how to make the thing good. How to like, be good at like the it. The gap between knowing and doing. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that that feels like a oh god, that feels like a canyon at that point. Yeah. Because you know you know enough to know that you're not good. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's so fun. At least if you're a musician, you can tool around in your room and fiddle around with your guitar until right. you can like make something that like objectively is a, a good tone, you know? Yeah, Even you, can, if it's, uh, you, can, you can tweak you can, it. You can be in tune, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I think as, as when you're doing stand-up, you're just like... Okay, I know that I'm. I don't have the confidence to like really execute these ideas. Mm. I think these ideas are good, but when I'm up here, like, it feels like all goes away. Oh my <laughs> god! And you're just like, I mean, the first time I did stand up, I like blacked out. I like don't really? remember. Not like passed out, oh. but I like don't remember what happened. Like yeah. I got off stage and I was like, what did I do? Did I talk about yeah. what? It's hard. To, I forget. Three stuff minutes a lot too, felt yeah. like an eternity. It felt like the long. And now if I do a show and I don't have like. 12 minutes i'm like oh, you're giving me no time here yeah I gotta, I gotta get warmed up yeah dude right but yeah so i guess i started, so yeah i went to this like open mic and then it was just like that that was like oh i i gotta do and it sucked and you suck for a while like suck i don't know, for a long time i don't believe any comic that's like oh you know i was like pretty good when i started i'm like i don't believe you or do i just did i just suck I don't I know. I think there's, uh, you can start pretty good, but then often you have that thing where a plateau occurs. Like, you have a year or two of sucking because, yeah. I mean, I had a really good experience the first time I did stand up. Well, it was sort of the second time because the first time was terrible. Where it was, was it? It was, I was doing warm up for a web talk show that my work was producing. Was this in LA? It was in LA. So you got into it because when did you move here? Uh, 2005, I think so. How old were you? I'm not sure how old I was then. I think I was probably like early 20s. Oh, okay. So you yeah. so you didn't do it. For, and you moved from? Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I started here. Okay. But it was it was a bad experience. It was really bad. I bombed miserably because yeah. I just didn't know what to do. Of I course. I was sort of just doing it. Everyone bombs. Yeah. It's so, it has but to But then happen. I had a great experience <laughs> a few months later, though. It was like really, really good to the point where I was prepared for it to be so terrible. I was so nervous. You can see on the face, my friend taped it. You can see my face just being like so surprised that I that people are laughing. Like, okay, I guess I'll do my, my more of my jokes about Capri Sun or I something love like that. that. Oh my yeah. god! But I mean, I definitely was like that thing where for after that though, it took me a while to realize. I think I think right after that show, the guy who helped me out was like, "Just so you know, that was a really hot crowd, and it's not going to be like that every time." And it took me a while Did to Did you think actually... that he was being a dick at first, no, I... but then you realized that he was right? I didn't think anything. I thought he was... This was the kind of person who okay. I really trusted, and he okay, was cool. a super nice guy. So it wasn't something where I thought he was manipulating me. I was just... Um, 
I'm like, okay, okay. And then I had to learn. I didn't actually know what he meant, but I did learn, oh, he was right. That was a very hot crowd. It was something where it was like, it's not, it would never, it would not be that easy. Yeah, but that's kind of cool that you got to see that initially yeah. to know what you could achieve. Because that, that dopamine, you know, rush oh that God. happens when you're it's on stage greatest. and you're just like crushing it and you're like, everyone's so into this mm-hmm. and I get to like, you know, it's so amazing. It's such an accomplishment yeah. and you feel so connected to everybody. I think that's yeah. what's like the high where you're just like, whoa, everyone, I feel so Cause you're like, in the connected. moment you have to be, you're so forced to be in the moment that it's this thing where, uh, yeah, you just can't do anything else. It's like, uh, like you're, like you're flying or something where every, it's not like you're paying attention to what's going to happen. It's your everything is always you're in flow state. Yeah, you're in you the know? front of the of the wave, kind of like that. Yeah, you're in the crest, and it's just, and you know, it's going to like push you forward, and you're going to be fine, and you just have mm-hmm. to like. But, but it's like it really takes a while. To, I mean, there's so many fucking metaphors you can make for this, but it's right. just it takes a while to like really get the reins in on that, and and prior to kind of feeling that you're just like, you suck. And the sucking also, you have to like take it away from it being you, yeah, you know? Yeah, you have and, to be, oh, well, I suck, but that doesn't mean I, I I'm suck. bad. Yeah, yeah. Or it's like, or like I sucked at this thing, but that's, they're rejecting my, that this sucks. joke, not me as a human, you know? Yeah, not just, like my, just that particular, like that moment sucked. Yes. I was bad. The way I did it was bad. It was, was poorly executed. Well, that's why having good taste is so important with it when it comes to comedy because you have to have a standard in which you're kind of a backboard. Because if you're like, like I feel like I had good taste in comedy, so I knew that my comedy was not good because I was like, I know what's funny and I'm not being <laughs> funny. I just know that, and so right. you know, it's so it's like when you see people like fucking freedom to laugh shit, and you're like. Do you? Well, that's what hackery is. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like, do you really think that's good? Like, that's wild. Like, did you ever see? I out of out of curiosity, I did the unthinkable and I tried to watch a Def, Jeff Dunham special. Really? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I was like, this guy's the most popular comedian in America. I bet I would love it. He. I dude, bet I would love it if I was like, if I was laying down. Johnny, you know. I thought. I was like, because I'm very much like, you know, when there's like huge blockbuster movies, yeah. and you're like. That's probably funny because yeah. so many people love it that it has to be like it's probably dumb, but it like it's probably kind of. But funny. a lot of times it is true. Like like Fast and the Furious is great. Yeah, but it's then, outstanding. Exactly, it's fun. It's yeah. like a fun fucking movie. It's a ride. Yes, but so I thought so Jeff Dunham would be I the thought, same way. I thought Jeff Dunham like okay, like obviously he's like a hack. We make fun of him. He's a dude who plays with puppets. Blah 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 blah. There's something there because he's the richest pro- guy in the yeah, world. Yeah, there's probably something that's super fun, or like he'll he'll have like a little zinger in there. It's right. like there's something I'm not seeing on the surface. You know, I'm, I gave him so much slack. I fucking watch five minutes of it, and I was like, I can't in good faith finish this. Wow, it felt like the Nuremberg trials. I was I like, gotta I check it out. It literally is. Okay, first of all, it's an arena. I mean, he sells out arenas. It's a giant arena. And um, he has this fucking old man puppet, this most popular character. Oh, yeah, he's the grumpy guy. He's like, well, we don't know about this. So, this is literally one of the jokes. Just like, this is kind of an abridged version of it. But he's like, "Uh, hey, uh, you ever felt an earthquake before? He's like, earthquake? One time my wife rolled off the sofa. I thought it was an earthquake. And the whole crowd. Yeah, the crowd is going nuts, and I'm like, 
wait, is there more? I'm like even giving it like, is there more yeah. to the joke? And I'm like, oh, it's just bad. Like every, it's just so, it's bad. It's well, like maybe a, it's not so much bad as it's just, it's just simple. It's really simple, It's dude. like, you know, It's like, people, I get it, his wife's fat. That's funny, I can relate to that. Or it's the kind of person who's like, hey, don't put any spices in there, okay? Don't put any spices, don't, oh! don't be fat, you know what I mean? It's like the person who, oh, you just don't want anything that's got spices. Because yeah. you just, you like it, like, I want a plain chicken, salt, don't even put any pepper on there, okay? I just want the chicken with the skin and salt, I've not, never, no like, spices. I've never, like, related it to, like, cuisine but that's so right there's some yeah. people that eat so blandly and i'm like do you think that it's like they just they don't need to be as stimulated i i think so i, right? I think it's probably something where it's just it's just kind of how it is too it's many not, flavors can be stimulating yeah and that sometimes over stimulated and, and then you don't want to you don't want to feel that so almost like when you took a dilaudid and it was too much yeah and you're like this is great Bring it but back i know home. it's too much it's exactly it's exactly <laughs> it's too, i know it's, it's just, good but... over this is too i i'm having this is uh too much right now i'm feeling like i'm in a place <laughs> that uh, i cannot move my body or arms and uh I, I want it to end, but it's clearly slowed things down <laughs> to the point where it's going so slow that it may never end. Uh, it may actually double back on itself and start creating its own Dilaudid from the Dilaudid that was there. Have you ever done ketamine? <laughs> no <right>. answer. <laughs> uh, no answer. Uh, no comments. So, do you have some music you want to share? <laughs> yes, I do. I, I have... do want to hear this actually for real. Because I was like... When I used to DJ a little bit, I kind of one of the reasons I stopped was because it becomes hard to find new music because you want to play because you have to always find stuff that's like interesting that you want to share. Yeah, it's all, it's a job. It's a real job. It's a total job. But the nice thing I feel like technology has made this significantly easier. Like honestly, with Spotify, right? It is so incredible. Like when I was younger, it is pretty nuts. I was fucking researching music all the right. time. This is before iTunes. So I was reading like catalogs. Right. And I would go on like, you know, what are the related act? Like it would be like, I was listening to, um, oh God, let's say I was listening to like, Alice Cooper or something and right. be like this and it's like oh Iggy Pop and the Stooges or some you know like or it would like kind of reference out or they played shows together I'm like right. oh what are the Stooges and like oh this oh, like the Cramps and then you would learn about record labels and then you would learn about like, well the Flaming Groovies are like this yes. yeah, kind and of then thing. you're like oh there's Flying Nun Records and that right. whole like uh, part of New Zealand during this time like when I know if Martin Neville of Cleaners from Venus is producing something I'm gonna Cleaners like that Venus. I love that That's band fun. they're yeah. my favorite um, but it's like I know I'm gonna like him and so and then just starts to kind of peripherate on one spirals another spirals out yeah it's like um, like I love well, Happy Mondays yeah yeah I love Happy Mondays a lot and then it, it's like I'm like okay what are if I like Happy Mondays and that era of factory records and this and that but yeah it takes a lot of time but now with Spotify it's like this sounds like an <laughs> advertisement and, well, but now whatever. with Spotify you get no but it's such a or any streaming services really I mean even just, YouTube too oh dude it's just there for you so what's something that that you, you want to share okay because I have I have a few okay okay I'm ready. I wish I could solve this mono issue, but that's fine. I also have to go. I realize. Yeah, we gotta wrap it up. We gotta wrap it up. Oh, we gotta wrap it up. Okay, so there's a few songs, but 
I'm trying to think of like. There's just like certain. Okay, this song I just discovered not too long ago. Okay. I fucking love it. Kenny Lynch. K- Kenny. E N N Y Lynch. This is a, these are all on Spotify too, so I don't know what's easier for you. Kenny, but I'm on Spotify right now. Yeah, Kenny Lynch. Puff up in smoke. Oh damn, Puff up in smoke. I'm in. God damn it. Last night I took you out to see a magic show. And then when we came home, I turned the lights down. This is great. Just when I held you tight, I felt my poor heart sing. Cause you would jump up and left me quick as a wing. Was it a trick? Damn. Was it a joke? Puff. Your love went boop. Right up and spoke. Your love went boop, boop, boop. My heart broke. Dan, you know this reminds me kind of a little bit. There's this guy I'm really into lately named Dan Penn. Oh, I've never heard of him. Oh, God. He has some good shit. He has this song that I've listened to over and over again called Trash Man. Trash Man. Poor old Trash Man. Oh, I love this. You know what reminds me of a lot is what? Garbage Dump by Charles Manson. <laughs> you know that song? I don't know that one. Oh my god, it's on his album really? like live. Okay. Yeah. And it's like garbage dump, garbage dump. Garbage dump. I love that uh Kenny fucking Kenny, Kenny Lynch. Kenny Lynch. Also, I this is more of a classic okay. in my opinion, but there is a really oh, actually I should play you this song cuz I feel like this is Let's okay, so it's uh, let me play you this song. It's by a Turkish artist, um, Ozdurman, or I can't pronounce it, but if you How type you in it? here, oh, Gerbet, Gerbet is the name of the song, but Gerbet. it is, dude, but, okay, it, it's incredible. How'd you find this? See, I'm just like really, I think the algorithm just knows me. So, do you play this when you DJ? Not this. Well, it depends actually, because I do a lot of like lounge, like right. dip, like if I'm on doing lounges, roofs. This is great. Oh, so good. This is the kind of stuff that I I really get into when it's something that's kind of, it's not too ethnic, but it's also not like too trying to be American. This is like so beautiful. It's almost to like me. an accident. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's an accident that it's good. Yes. Also, Turkish is. It's not a, as ubiquitous of a singing language. And so you're just like, it's so foreign sounding. Yeah. Like, I'm like, you hear Portuguese and French and, you right. know, Nigerian, but it's like. It almost sounds Brazilian. Or what? Yeah, but it's like, it's like Middle Eastern, but you know, it's not Arabic. Right. <laughs> it's weird. It's like, you're like, what is this? It sounds like, it's like a very foreign tongue to us because we never hear it. Yeah, it feels just right in the middle of stuff. Damn. So good. Gerbet by Yor Rumcha. Yeah, it's a hard one. Okay, and then I have one. I have one okay. more. I mean, I have a bunch more, but just for 
time purposes. Let's do it. This is a song. This is actually a good example of stuff that I like DJ out. So, um, Shay Williams, let me be the one. Okay. I DJ, I guess, a lot of like funk and like boogie and soul. So, and disco. Love that disco. What the fuck is this shit? Get out of here. This is that rare pocket, like, between, like, bass and, like, ooh. It's got that Saturn V, whatever that's called. That. Oh, I love drum machine and, like, synth, but it's also, like... It's so early. Yeah, but it's, like, it's not disco. It's kind of disco-y, but it's more, like, groovy. There's people who get so into this. There's people who stay in this genre their uh, whole lives. Honestly, this genre is... Real, I've been really excavating a lot yeah. of fucking gems from like it's and it kind of veers into that like early 90s proto house stuff yeah. with like inner city which is like I fucking love inner city and like it sounds like like my favorite some of my favorite DJs are like Larry Levon like his remixes Larry Levon is the best dude have you, do you know his like peanut butter EP like remixes he's like I don't oh know my if God. I do know there's this really great album I have um, you should buy it it's like literally three dollars but it's like Larry Levon special remixes and they're just the whole things are, the whole thing the is song just bang, peanut butter bangers um, yeah spread it over me like peanut butter yeah his shit we know this also kind of has a Italo sound. Oh, absolutely. And it has a very, like, Giorgio Moroder is, like, my, oh, probably my favorite producer, right. but, like, one of my favorite musicians. He, him and, like, Brian Eno are, like, the same people to me, but in right. different genres where they're just visionaries. What do you think, what year do you think this is from? I think this is from, uh, like, early 80s, maybe? Maybe yeah. it's from late, uh, earlier. It might be from 77. I don't know. It's great. I don't know. I remember when I first sort of learned about the whole house scene with like Larry Levon and how like and like Frankie Knuckles like yeah. he's so good and how all too. that shit's all it's all gay guys yeah it was all birthed out of like the subculture every one of those big DJs was gay back then playing for these underground underground things I don't know some of that is so interesting to think that like it was such a under such a um, what do you call it you know it's like a subculture of yeah sorts. you wouldn't know that yeah yeah um I have to go, unfortunately. Okay. This is a great exit. Great exit. Nina Tarr, thanks for being here. Thanks, Johnny. Where can people find you? Uh, Pizza Party 69 is my Instagram handle. It's easy to find. Easy to find. Bye. Thanks. Bye.